baby butt got pulled out and he started to cry immediately. And I was like, and Michael and I both started crying because I had forgotten it was a baby. Baby in there. Like a that, human. Yes, like I was like, I'll just be together. pregnant for the rest of my life. I'll be I really know. discomforted for the rest of my life. I'll be in labor for the rest of my life. Like you forget that there's a, a goal mm-hmm. at the end. Hola, hello, bienvenido, and welcome back to the Clear Birth Podcast. I am your host, Annette Perel. Today, we will be hearing from Sabrina Guevara on her two varying birth experiences, having had a home birth and then transitioning for her second birth to a hospital birth. I hope you will find this story as informative and inspirational as I do. Hola, Sabrina, and welcome to the Clear Birth Podcast. Thank you for being on... I'm so excited to be here, my sweet. Thank you for inviting me. This is a real honor. Oh, of course. Of course. I wanted to have you on because I wanted you to tell your birth story Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and to just tell your journey, like in full transparency. I was Sabrina's doula for both of her births. Yeah, she was. (laughs) And um, just to give like a little start a history on like why you chose home birth and how you chose a doula and then go into your birth story, your first so, birth story. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the doozy one. The epic. Um, I, yeah, it was, uh, Michael and I, uh, when we, when I found out, uh, I was pregnant, we, uh, decided we wanted to do a home birth uh, pretty early on, my sister had had three home births. Um, well, one in a, a birthing center that transferred to hospital. And the, the next two she had in her home, one in her home in Miami and one in her home in uh, Yonkers. And they were beautiful experiences. I was there for both of them, for the both the, the last second two. Mm-hmm. And, and they were really uh, seminal for me to see those babies be born and just the, 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 the process of how life begins um, out of the womb. And um, I also had been seeing videos and, and just thinking, you know, I, I don't know of a, I, I don't know if I'll get a doctor that's going to want to, hurry me up into a C-section yeah. or some medical procedure because they have dinner plans or they have golf or they got to get to the Hamptons or whoever knows. Mm-hmm. So I uh, decided I didn't want to do that. I wanted a home birth so that we could, you know, labor at the time and uh, schedule that my body and the baby wanted to go. Yes. Um, so we found a, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a midwife. A midwife. Thank you. Mommy brain. I live there. Um, I midwife, and then we found you uh, not long after. I, I don't even remember at what point. I feel like I've known you my whole life. So I don't <laughs> remember. Like it, it definitely what, feels that way. Right? Wasn't yeah. our first meeting like six hours? Our first meeting was six hours. The interview was six hours. Not intentionally. Like, not intentionally. Like, we people just, off. Like, you know, it, yes, no. we just hung out. De- definitely not intentional. Most meetings are on average 45 minutes at most an hour. Yeah. But we just hit it off so well. We just yeah. sat there and we spoke about everything. And your sister was there. And that's right. And you took my chicken, my yes. rubber chicken. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a 
rubber chicken that I loved it with my little toy. And my sister was like, you need to hide this. That baby's going to look like that rubber chicken. She can't have this rubber chicken until she born, the baby's born. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, we started talking about um, home birth and what that would be. And what, yeah, the birthing uh what is it called? The tub? The little, the like, pool? Oh, yeah. Got a birthing pool, pool right? Mm-hmm. Um, and inflating that. And, and, you know, I was um, very uh, big belly, like, just a whole lot of baby in there. Yes. And my birth uh, due date came and went. went. And then it went another week and another week. Yes. <laughs> My, well, I had a midwife. I didn't have a G, GYN. I didn't have an OB. I had a midwife, and she'd come over and she'd check the heartbeat, and the baby's fine. You're fine. You know, their due date was probably wrong. The baby's taking their time, and they didn't need whatever. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I was very, and the years, I think, over the years, I've, I've gotten to the point where I feel like I, I, I think I know what stalled, aside from the fact that he was enormous. Law. But, I was also very scared of the labor. Like I was terrified of what that sensation was going to be and that I wasn't going to be able to handle it and that it would be so painful that I would just buckle under it. And then so three weeks beyond my due date, I go and, oh, two weeks go beyond my due date. And then at the end, at the beginning of that third week, I go and I start having labor pains. Oh, great. You know, and, I start walking around. I called you. I called the midwife. She comes, checks me out. Well, you know, it's just beginning. So, you know, walk, drink yeah. water, you know, do your, do your life. One, two, three days pass. And I'm still going in and out of labor. And then the labor would like get really, really intense. Yes. And, and I remember like, I got to a point where I was like, I, I got it. I remember you said it must've been like day three or something. And you were like, oh, that sounds like you're bearing down. Like, I yes. feel like progress, something. Yeah. And then at some point later, the midwife came and she was like, nope, you're still three centimeters. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I she came over and there was no progress, like literally none. And five total days passed. So the kid was three weeks past his due date. My water still had not broken. broken. It was fine. And on day five, the midwife was sitting there and you were the, the midwife came in every so often. She was like, Hey, how you doing? Let me check. Bump, bump, bump. Shoved her hand up wherever she had to do. Walked out. You're fine. Not ready. But you were there the whole, whole I time. I heard that you left. And this, I don't remember because I was in the thick of it. Right. Michael said you left to get clothes. Yes. Point. Like you mm-hmm. went home to it was that fifth. It was that fifth day before the midwife what? came. It wasn't like before she came back. No, gone. no, I had it. I had enough clothes for those days, and and I- also, <laughs> and also, your sister was there. It was like we were really working as a team. We were mm-hmm. all with you. There, she showed up at some there. point. Yes, she showed up her. and she stayed. And then my my hips that hip. was busy were doing. Like at the end, I was like, if if I get a contraction. Pressing my hips together was the, the only thing that helped a little bit to 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 tamp down the the sensation. And in um, full disclosure, you know, the day one we went, it was totally fine, and you were eating and drinking and walking around, and your contractions would get closer together and they would space out. You went every day. 
it was complete five days of having contractions about five minutes apart, not getting any closer, but completely five days. And we did, we walked, we ate. And they got intense. Intense. And and we used the birthing tub, I think, one day, the day one. Day one. After that, you were like, nah, that's... Song. Because every time you got in the tub, your contractions would space all the way back out. And oh, it was like, it was like, no, that's not helping. So we, yes, we used it on uh-huh. day one and then we didn't use it again. And then you also, you also did Reiki. Did I? Yeah. yeah you call, you called your Reiki master. Oh my gosh. You're right. I I tried. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so we tried, we were doing well, everything. <laughs> we were pulling out all, but you were a trooper and you were just like, you know, day one, you were like, okay. Day two, you were like, really? Day two, mm-hmm. day three. And your mom was calling in as well. Yeah, was she, like, was, she was close by. Yes. She was freaking out. She was at my sister's house down the block. And I remember we visited her because we, I was like, oh, let's go for a walk at day mm-hmm. two, three. Yeah. And I'm sitting there eating. She'd make me eyes like two fried eggs. And she's like, well, you have to go to a doctor. You don't think you should go to a doctor now? And I was like, no, I'm fine. Everything's good. And my aunts in Venezuela were blowing up her phone, lighting candles. It was insane. Like all the aunts, I have 11. All of them were like, we all gave birth to that baby. So it yes. was yes. not just you. You didn't give birth to that baby. But yes. And, and then- that's it. The day, uh-huh. the end of day five, right? We day five. I had gone home to to get some clothes, and we were waiting for the midwife to come over. And you and Michael had spoken, and you and Michael then made and the midwife. decision. Yeah, we, but we were kind of like, "What do you think?" And she was like, "You know, it's your decision." Like she was super laissez-faire, just super yeah. chill. And at that point, we're like, we're going to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. And we transferred to St. Vincent's. I miss that place so much. I love that place. We went there. They were amazing, except for the animal doctor that we got uh, yeah. on call. He was the, the, the attending doctor. And he was, um, his first thing was telling us about how, you know, midwives are, are fine and all, but, you know, there's you know, hundreds of, you know, graves all over the world. Yes, that was just so awful and unnecessary. Midwives and and dead, you know, mothers that didn't survive midwifery. It was just like, what? And I remembered, I remember I had heard somebody talking about a 7.30 a.m. shift because I got to the hospital and I met the animal because that's his name now. And... They had given me, without meeting him yet, they had, or maybe I did meet him. I don't remember. They gave me an epidural to speed up the contractions. And I had, I think, four or five hours of an epidural with, I mean, four or five hours of Pitocin, not an epidural. Yes, Pitocin. Without an epidural. Epidural, exactly. I would do five days of labor over again than those four hours of Pitocin with no epidural because that was agony it was yeah. one long contraction that never contraction. Mm-hmm. It was the mm-hmm. worst thing it was torture and then eventually they stopped they're like this isn't working they tried to give me an epidural and then the baby's heart rate dropped went down so mm-hmm. they pulled it right out and it went down it didn't go it went right back up as soon as they pulled out the whatever they were starting to do Catheter. but mm-hmm. i never got an epidural and thank you for knowing all the words 
<laughs> they pulled out the thing. And then I lied down and uh, in came the animal and he said his, you know, signature move, you know, like midwives are great, but, you know, there's plenty of dead ladies. And I was like, in, you know, you're in a mind frame where you, you, you cut out all the fat, right? You don't have a conversation. You're not sitting there. No niceties. You're just like, I need water. Now do that. Yes. So in exactly. my made a decision, I did not share that with anyone because mm-hmm. it's not where I was at. Yeah. Okay. But at that moment, I said, that man's not touching this child. I will come until the shift change at 730. I don't know who will come, but I know that will be the person who delivers my child. Yes. And they gave me Demerol. Was it Demerol? It was Demerol. Mm -hmm. They gave me Demerol, and that knocked me out because I hadn't slept. slept. Now day six. Now day six. Yeah. And they gave me Demerol. I slept for four hours, four, five, six, seven, about four hours, right? And when I woke up, this angelic Indian doctor, I still see rays of light behind her head when she walked into the room and she just looked down at me and said, I think it's time. Yeah. I just smiled and I said, "Mm hmm. And Michael, who's kneeling next to me, he's in a chair or something. And he's like, wait. What? I, what? And he starts crying because he's like, did, did you just make a decision? Like, I don't, what happened? Like, he had no idea that I had made this. I'd never told him. And he told her, you know, like, can you stitch her, double stitch her? Because, you know, so she, if she we had spoken her, about that. Exactly. So you could I, have her be back. Damn, you read that book that I didn't read. <laughs> Good man, that one. And once we decided to do the C-section, Girl, that baby was not 20 minutes. <laughs> like, can you, just for the record, could you say how long he was? He was 21 inches. 21. No. 22. No. He was 23 inches. No. Yes. Yes. I yes. have you have to look. You have to, you have to, you have to look it up. Because I remember going, that is the longest baby that <laughs> I've ever had in was, my career. And he was nine pounds, five ounces. Nine pounds, five ounces. And he was bald as a cue ball, white <laughs> as snow, and blue eye. And I was like, who that baby? Baby. Who <laughs> baby that? <laughs> Not my baby. Well, who the mama? Took him out of my body, and I was yeah. still conscious. And they brought him over. I saw him. Because once they take him out, because I, oh, so one last little detail. They were like, do you want to go walk to the surgery surgery room, or do you want to... Uh, wheel over and I was like no 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 I'll walk because in my mind that was still like I gotta walk I gotta yes, you know you have to still keep going dilate you know? yes and knowing that I'm about to walk into this room and they're gonna slice him out like that was yeah. stupid and Michael walked me to the door and he walked away and as I turned to walk through the threshold I got another contraction and I was like oh, I go my god but I couldn't even speak. I couldn't even say the word. But I wanted him to press my hips. Hips, yeah. But the pain was, I was beyond. Finally, they get me on the bed and they're like, you feel this? And I was like, yeah, but take him out anyway. I'm fine. And I watched the whole thing from the light above. Mm-hmm. Like, can you see? And I was like, no. Indeed, I could. I could. Yes, of course. Of course. I wanted to get rid of it because I was curious. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <What is that? laughs> um, so 
I, I watched the whole thing there. I was like, oh, that's me in the inside. Oh, my God. And they brought the baby, but got pulled out and he started to cry immediately. And I was like, and Michael and I both started crying because I had forgotten it was a baby. Baby in there. Like a that, human. Yes. That's like I was you like, I'll just together. be pregnant for the rest of my life. I'll be my really life. discomforted for the rest of my life. I'll be in labor for the rest of my life. Like you forget that there's a, a goal mm-hmm. at the end. And he started crying. I was like, oh, right. A baby. It's there. It's alone. And they brought the baby over and they showed the baby and they, you know, they clean him up, whatever. And as they go to take the baby away, Michael's staying with me. And I was like, you stay with that child. You do not leave that child's side. And he's like, well, but what about you? Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. You go stay with that baby. Because I had read all the stories of like, yeah, switched at the hospital. They find out two, three <laughs> years later, 25 years later, that baby's not yours. And, and you know, yeah. that baby's so white. If I, Michael had not been with him the whole time, I'd be like, are you sure you were with sure him that- all the time? Exactly. <laughs> he looks so much like dad, though. And he's so much like Exactly. Like, exactly. There's, there's no denying there's no denying. And that's part of the reason why I wanted you to tell your story is because five days of labor, full labor, even though they consider it prodromal because you didn't go past four centimeters, but that's still five full days of five minute apart contractions without a break of labor. And And you did it. And I, and I have to say like five days and, and I don't, I'm not, I mean this. I, I would do that again over the Pitocin. Yes. That, that that fake contraction that lasts forever and doesn't give you a break. Like it, I saw the little light would go up and it's like, oh, now it's going down and you're not supposed to feel anything. And then it goes up. And I was like, that's not working. It's not, yes, it's not going down. That's not what's happening. I'm feeling it all the time. <laughs> yeah, it was it was intense. And having a second child, natural birth, how is that experience? Like, so the first experience, we went home birth. And the second experience, what was the plan? Never, we did a 180. Never got a full answer as to why he, I didn't progress. Right. Yes. It, they were like, maybe he was asynclitic, you know, and his head was a little cocked to the side. So you couldn't get if the baby to face you. Uh, or his head was too big. Or... For some reason, your body didn't dilate. Or, like, there was either or all these options. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was. And I didn't know whether this was going to be a, a repeat effect. Uh, if I had a second child, if it was going to be the same situation. Yeah. So we went with an OB who had um, uh, worked, worked at the St. Luke's Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. And they did... V-backs, right? Because yes, um, that was important. And a V-back is a vaginal birth after cesarean. Right. And it was supposed to be um, uh, uh, so I I got a book called Silent Knife. No, not that one. I did childbirth. That's the book. I was like, once I got that book, I think you turn me on to it. Yes. It changed the whole game for me because it was a bunch of birth stories, natural birth stories. Mm -hmm. And I think if I'd read that book the first time, I don't know, 
But one of the things that I talked about, what it did, it had me do like an exercise, you know, a drawing exercises or writing. I said, what's your fear? What's this? What's that? And I, I delved into that because I was like, I'm still experiencing not only the fear of, you know, can my body do this? Am I broken? Yeah. Uh, and, and second, you know, I didn't really give birth the first time. I, I, I'm, I'm a faker, you know, like I'm a mom, but it was really just a C-section. I didn't really do it. Yeah. And you had that feeling. Yeah, that, that, that thing that I was kind of sort of putting on being a mom. Being a mom. <laughs> being a mom. <laughs> exactly. It's on the face. <laughs> putting on being a mom and faking it because I was spending all this time, like, because I hadn't really given birth, right? And I remember it was something in that book where she was like, whether it asked me to speak to the fear and, and deal with the fear and ask the fear what it was and where it was coming from. And, and from that exercise and talking to you, this somebody said, or the book said, or you said, you, you are a mother and you gave birth, whether you did it cesarean, whether you had a vaginal birth, however this baby came through you, you gave birth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm not a faker. And I was grateful for that kind of re uh, Reaffirming, yes. Well, re- re-envisioning how I was, the, the lens through which I was seeing my first birth. You know, mm. I was like, I didn't really do it. You know, yeah. I didn't progress beyond three centimeters. And I went to the hospital, they cut them out. Like, I didn't really do it. Yeah. I, I cheated, you know, I, it, it's, it's, I know it's illogical, but that's, you know, the, that's how you felt. Yeah. Layer of, of things that you don't say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the second one, I was like, you know, I, I, I was embracing what was going to happen. And one of the things that Anime said, says is that she doesn't like to call it labor and she doesn't like to call it contractions, contractions. She likes to call labor contractions, a very intense feeling that you have to work very hard to stay on top of, which is a very long way of uh, um, putting it, uh, words to contraction. Contraction yeah. is faster, but I like that because that was something that I could visualize. Mm-hmm. I could work with that image of, okay, it's a sensation and it's a sensation that I can stay on top of. So it doesn't take over, take over you. Exactly. And I went, with that attitude into the next labor with a totally different welcome to the process of, of giving birth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I gave, I, I was at my, I was four days beyond my due date. Right. We were all on the same track. Says <laughs> I got a doctor who's got my back. She'll tell me when I got to go in under yeah. the night need be, but for now, and they were like, now you have to go in every day to get a test because you're four days and you're over your due date and you're over a certain age. And I was like, these people are crazy. I can barely walk down my hallway and they're going to have traipse my happy ass all the way over to the hospital so they can tell me I'm still pregnant. I'll tell you I'm still pregnant. <laughs> I don't need to go in for you to tell me that. And the baby's okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm there day four and I was like, and this is going to be the last day I come till next week because... I'm not doing I'm this. Not coming back. My pain yes. was really like I had very hard trouble walking. Remember the hip pain was yes. even worse. Okay. Than the second yes. birth, the birth, second birth, second late um, pregnancy. So I was like, yeah, nah, you can't make me do this. And 
I was during, they were doing the sonogram. Mm -hmm. And I was getting these like, since, oh, baby's moving. Oh, oh, it's moving so much. Now it's so intense. And mom's like, that's, that's labor. And I was like, mom, please. And I walk into the thing and I, and I go to sit down. I'm like, oh, oh, this baby is moving so much. And the technician. Did it, did it register? It wasn't registering. No. Well, I'd never, it didn't feel that way the first time. First time. Exactly. Yeah, it yeah. was different. And so I was like, he's moving. And he's very, he was very active in my belly all the time. So it felt similar to, because he would do drumming sessions in there all the time. <laughs> so I was like, and he's bigger now. So he's, you know, got less space. Less so space. Grab me the drink right now. And so I go to lie down and I get this sensation. Oh man, hold on. It's just the, the baby's moving. Hold on. And she looks at me and she's like, that's a contraction. And I looked at her and I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> and I go back and she does it. I get another one and I see because the, be- the belly went. <laughs> Like the whole yeah. belly contracted, the whole belly got and I hadn't yeah. seen it until I was lying down, and I was like, "Oh, oh, that's different." Yes. And then we walked out, and I'm like, "Mom, I'm <laughs> excited and ready." See, <laughs> and I was like, "No, no, I gotta call in it." So I go downstairs, <laughs> I leave it, the go to the lobby, and I call you because then the whole lobby is when I realized I'm. Okay, this is officially labor. And yeah. I said to my mom, I, I think you're right. This is officially labor. And she's like, hi, hi. My mom's, you know, stressing out. And I said, uh, I call you. And I'm like, I think I'm in labor. I've been timing it. I think it's like, there, you know, however much I probably don't even know. But it's, it's, I can still talk and I'm walking and I'm, you know, whatever yeah. I told you. I was so excited. And, and mom, and you're like, all right. And, and I said, listen, I'm going to go home and I'm going to get my stuff, get ready. And mom's like, you're going home? And I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, they like, say, we still have time. Yeah. Last time it was five days. I'm like, if I cut this in half, it'll be two and a half days at least. So, like, let's go home, get this stuff. I still have to finish getting my music cue for the queued up for the hospital. <laughs> and I have to get my clothes on a shower. And let's, yes. Oh, Let's go to Starbucks and get me a drink to celebrate before we go home. Like I had, oh yeah, yeah. could have gone out salsa dancing. And my mother's like, what are you doing? So we walk into Starbucks and she's like, let's go home. And I'm like, come on, we went the lines snaking out. And I was like, it's fine. We got time. And I'm on the online with waiting with my mom who's freaking out. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's over. And she's like, <laughs> as we're leaving i'm about to get on the subway she's like we're not getting on the subway we're taking a cab thank you for mom yes hey mom okay we'll take a cab we'll ready it all up we get in the cab and as we're driving home it's getting more intense but i'm like okay it's intense you know like it's just it's what it is you know and i i'm as I'm, I can't sit either, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, I get in the well because it's not comfortable to sit when I get the sensation. So I'm like, I'm standing and like kneeling in the well of the seat. I'm like, ooh, ooh. 
okay. And then we get out of the car, we go upstairs and knock on the door, walk in. And Michael's like, hey, babe. Um, And I'm like, hey. He's like, okay, I'm making dinner for August. And I'm like, okay. And my mom's looking around like, isn't We have to go. (laughs) She was ready to call the authorities on us. But she was like, these are not same people. Yes. Michael's making dinner for August. And I'm, I'm squatting. Going through my my little contractions, my sensations, breathing, and then at one point, I, I, we weren't home for more than an hour. I was squatting uh, in the middle of setting up a music cue for you know a, a playlist for the hospital. For the hospital, mm-hmm. and I get this uh, contraction. I chill. I start doing it, and then all of a sudden, my water breaks. And I'm like, oh, and the contraction I got right after my water broke. Oh, girl. I got up and as I'm going to the bathroom to clean up and I said, Michael, we're going to the hospital. And I remember getting the call and (laughs) you were saying to me, well, this is different. Yes. Michael. Uh making dinner for August and he's getting ready to feed August and he's like, wait, but what? And I was like, get Annette on the phone. <laughs> no longer like, you know, you're getting Hey, free. I can breathe through it. I can walk through it. Yeah, I can talk I'm through it. Here. I go to the bathroom. I'm cleaning up. He's like, oh, well, but I thought you wanted to labor. No, we'll go to the hospital now. And he gets on the phone and calls you and he's like, Annette wants to talk to you. <laughs> and I'm like, Annette, this is real. I don't remember. And now, now I don't remember. You said, so, I get on the phone and I was like, this is great. This is progress. Let's wait an hour. And you said, this is different. (laughs) We're going to the hospital and we're meeting you there. And I said, okay, (laughs) I will meet you there. I'm walking out the door. I'll be in front of the hospital. And you hung up on me. You didn't even say goodbye. You were just like, and I said, oh, this is different. <laughs> She's in it. <laughs> oh my God. I don't remember that. I remember. I don't remember. If, I think I asked Michael to call you to get a wheelchair. Right? Yes. On the uh, once, right, once. The way we yes. were there. On the way there, he called me again to get a wheelchair. I was out front. I was waiting. Yes. Having trouble walking. Yes. You were like the, the, the sensations that I was getting after my water broke. Girl, it was like, I couldn't take a step. Yeah. So we get to the, the, the cab, Michael stops a cab. He sees me, the cab driver's trying to drive off and (laughs) Michael opens the door and he looks at the driver and he says, don't move <laughs> he ushers me and my little roly-poly self in i am holding on to the driver's seat and michael's knee or the chair i don't know in kneeling in the well and i'm in it i'm like i don't know what's going on the guy in front of me freaking out he has all the ideas that i'm gonna give birth in his cab He's going to have baby birth on the seat. Like he's just like oh. all over. He's seen it before. He does not want to see it again. Yeah. You know, and, and right before he drives into the hospital and right before I get out, I, I touch his shoulder 
And he went, <laughs> and I said, <laughs> and I, you know, it was the last moment of sentient thought that I had that I remember thinking, let me express gratitude to him because I see he's scared. <laughs> And I said, thank you. <laughs> like, just get out. Just get out. <laughs> We're here. I get out. I see you and your angelic seat in front of you. And I'm like, that's what I need. We get in the seat. We drive straight to that amazing, like, just the birth elevator. And yes. that. And the back. What was that? That that turd that yeah. cat in the elevator. The elevator. And yeah. I'm supposed to press a button. And I'm like, no. And. He pressed a button before 11. Yes. And I was like, that son of a... <clears throat> and I'm sitting in the chair like, I got to wait a whole extra floor. And I think the elevator stopped on another stop. Yeah. And stopped on my was floor. like, no, 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 nobody's getting on. We were, we were both like, nobody else is getting on. <laughs> and, then, and then we got out. And then they, they let us go. They, they drove, took us in there, like, fill out paperwork. And I was like, I don't know their paperwork. I, I'm I'm trying to fill out paper and they're like put the monitor on and I was like I can't lift my leg <laughs> I can't put a monitor on like we're at our from when I started the contractions at maybe five or so yes. we're at our it's seven o'clock seven thirty like it's not that much later and this is progressing. Very quickly. I don't remember what happened. They had me on the bed. They they put you in the bed. They put you in triage. You were in triage. You and Michael were in triage. I couldn't come in. Yeah. And I know Michael was next to me and he kept saying, you're doing great, bitch. And I'd get another sensation and I'd focus on it and then I'd finish and you're doing doing great, bitch. And then he said it so much. I was like, stop saying that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then, and then I stopped. I was not part of everything. At one point, a voice started talking to me and told me, "On the next contraction, you—it was a man's voice, and he was very calm. I was meditating and I was doing uh, channeling while yeah. I was pregnant. And this voice that I would talk to when I was channeling showed up in the labor." And that voice was like, the next retraction, you're going to push. At this point, you're ready. And I was like, yes, I will do whatever you say. Boy. <laughs> and on the next contraction, I don't, they, the last they told me I was seven centimeters out. Yes. We were and still in triage. Still in triage. We were still in triage when this happened. Me, seven centimeters. And on the next one, I was like, ah, and I remember that sound. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And I remember hearing a nurse from some other behind a wall somewhere and they're like, oh, honey, don't push. Yeah, you're not ready yet. And I was like, shut up. Somebody <laughs> Just, I have other instructions. <laughs> and I don't, somebody must have tracked me to know that. No. So what happened was I had gotten in because I was, I, I came in under the guise that I was going to bring you a little water. Oh, thank you. And then we closed the door. And then when you started pushing again, we opened the door and I said to a nurse that was walking by, I was like, she's pushing. She's bearing down. 
The oh. baby is coming. And they were like, no, no, no. And they wheeled you into the room. And in the hallway, you were still bearing down. And we wheeled you into the room. The doctor was coming in right behind. And she was like, no, don't push yet. And you were like, don't push. And you just kept pushing. And we got you into the room. And that's when you started pushing again. Oh, see, I don't. I remember I I did that. I bared down. And I remember the the nurse saying something incredibly stupid. And I was like, you are not part of this right now. And then I remember wheeling down the hall. Yes. And then I remember transferring to another bed. Oh, my God. That was awful. Yes. Getting off of that and bed to another. Death on the platter. And then pushing again. And she was like, you're doing it wrong. We got the Russian nurse. And she was like, yes. Or something. And she was just so no nonsense. You're like, you're doing it wrong. Don't push like that. But that's what I needed to cut through the fog. Yes. Like, I was mm-hmm. so not there. And she was like, you're not doing it wrong. What you need to push, you're, what you're going to do, you brush your blood vessels if you do that. You need to. Yes. You to, so you're pushing in your face. How to do yes. it. And I don't remember how she did it. It's what she said, but she's like, don't use your voice or something like that. Hold your breath. No huh? air out. Hold yeah. your breath. No air out. Take a deep breath. Hold it. And bear down like you're going to poop. That's what she was yeah. saying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And uh, that must have been it. And I remember we were pushing. I don't remember how long I pushed, but I remember thinking, but I'm only seven centimeters dilated. This isn't going to work. <laughs> this is all in my head. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But at that point I said, I think we should do a C-section. Yes. I remember that. I remember that. And the doctor looked at you and said, well, why? He said, it's too late for that now, honey. <laughs> that I remember thinking, it's too late. But I'm not dilated yet. Like in my mind, no one ever told me I was dilated. So I'm like, I'm still seven centimeters. This baby's not gonna come out. And then she said, I don't don't know what sex this baby is, but whatever it is, you're gonna be able to put a barrette on it. Yes, I remember. Uh-huh. Yep. And Head full of hair. Yes. And then the baby popped out like a slithery snake. Like it. It was, you know, crowning and then, and then crowning yeah. and then back in. And I think like on crown three, whoop, like the, the first head popped in and then the rest of me just like slithered out and it tore. I tore a little bit, a little bit. Um, but we went from five day labor to five hours. And so speak a little to that, like how, I, how I, I, it had to do with the fact that I wasn't so scared, like the terrified, the terror that I had within me that I wasn't going to be able to survive a birth mm-hmm. was, I think, so much that it stalled my first labor. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for modern medical intervention. I don't, I think we would have been one of those casualties. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that the first animal doctor is right in that respect. Like, if we were in the backwoods somewhere, it probably would not have happened so well. Um, so I'm grateful to have had both experiences because um, we, we uh, people often poo-poo one and, and raise yes. on a pedestal the other on either direction. Exactly. And I think we, they need to be mutually exclusive. I think they both can mm-hmm. live on equal ground. They're both valid. Yeah. Uh, natural birth, uh, medical intervention, they're, they're both necessary depending on the birth of what the woman needs. Yeah. Um, and there's, and for me, having had both available was a blessing. 
are truly a black man, I think, probably saved our lives. Um, but the, I think the fact that I wasn't so scared, I'd worked through a lot of the, the, that internal, like that buried fear, that it, the things that you don't say. Yes. That I think I was able to just breathe into, it's literally effacing. Yeah. The, just letting your body do the work. Like thinning out, letting, letting space for this child to come through. Just mm-hmm. allow that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but my birth story, I don't tell women who have not had children. And yes. I don't tell women who are pregnant about my birth story. Uh, because, precisely because I don't want them to get scared about it, because I know that this fear stalled me, I yes. think. And this is now, you know, after 10 years of musing about it, I'm thinking, you know, I think it might have been the fear that stalled that first birth. It could have been that he was very big. It could have been a million other things. But I do think that the the fear was part of it. I, I, I let go into the second labor so much more. I didn't yeah. fear it. I welcomed it in a way that the first one I was, you know, when, when I went past my due date, I remember talking to my son and saying, you know, it's okay. Take the time you need. You know, if you need to be in there longer, it's it's all about you, Papa. You know, you take your time. Nobody's rushing you. But really, I was telling him that for me. Yeah, yeah for yourself. To give yourself the space. I wanted the time. I wanted the, the respite from, you know, the mm-hmm. pushing the further away. Like, we can, yeah. we can push it any longer, you know. Like, there's a finite time to this, you know. But you needed that time and space to do, just to be and be okay with it, right? For the first or second? The second. The time and space. For after, you know, after going past your due date, day one, day two, day three, like you needed that space as well. Yeah, but I had done a lot of that sort of meditation and kind of internal work Mm -hmm. during the pregnancy. And I had kind of opened the, the box of like, okay, what is it that I'm scared of? What is it that I'm really worried? Because my mom, you know, all her stories of giving birth were like, I had them gassing every time. Mm. I didn't anything about it. I went through it. That was awful. And they gassed me. And I just wanted to go to bed. I wanted to fall, pass out and not know what happened. Wow. Yes. And so in my mind, I... And, you know, you see the movies and you read the books, whatever. You, you read the, the, the book, The Red Tent, and, and there's that yes. story of the lady who was almost died when she gave birth. And I was like, that's me. I'm going to be that one. You know, like. Yes, yes, yes. Connected to that. Yeah. Like, you know, that one story you hear about the baby that got switched in the hospital. I'm like, that's not going to be me. I mean, we gotta read. I mean you, you, you know, yeah, you attach yourself to the, the things that are irrational. Yes. Which is why, you know, I, I see pregnant women and I'm like, this is a safe space you have to Surround yourself with only positive things because negative stuff is going to happen because life is happening still. But do your best to just surround yourself with positive thought, positive people, positive information so that nothing gets in the way of you and gestating a baby and both of you being healthy to birth. Which is why I don't tell people. I mean, I, I, I like the way you characterize, you know, like, no, I think it's a good story to tell people because, you know, it's. You did five days and you got through, and that's yes. that's empowering. It's very empowering. Did it that way, you know. I'm I'm ten years beyond that first birth, and and I'm still learning. Yeah. How to look at it, you know, and that's it's a, it's a valuable and good way 
to to think about it. I still won't tell pregnant women. I I totally understand that, and and I and I agree with that because you don't hold on. You don't you don't want them to hold. Everyone will plant themselves into the negative feeling of it, and then and I often tell moms like I will tell you my birth story after. Like you only need to know that it is challenging. It's difficult, but guess what? You can do it. However you do it, and that I think that message is a message that needs to be told more often because everyone is so quick to tell these moms that a horror story or this or that. And it's not going to be, you can't do it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, because everyone is processing their, their fears. Yeah. And, and they've, their experiences, they're not, no one's going to therapy on the regular to process their birth experiences for the most part. So what they do is tell their story over and over and over again to other women. And that's a form of like processing it, but they don't realize that's a form of trauma. You're, you're traumatizing someone else's experiences. So I can appreciate not, not telling, but I think too, that, like I said, it's, it's really inspirational to hear that you did five days and you were fine. People think five days, I can't, that I would die. And you were fine. You don't. And you had a baby and then your second experience was completely different, but you did some work. Like you prepared yourself because you realized that the fear is what was there the first time. And now this time you turned around and you're like, I have to change that. And that book and and hearing positive stories, reading positive stories just reinforces that idea. Of women who gave birth. Yes. Like literally gave birth. Like that book full of stories of women who gave birth and I hadn't heard stories. The one that stuck out in my head most was this woman who had not, she was scared. Yes. And she, she held her hands and she was like, you have to give birth to this baby, but you're stalling it. Yes. Not the baby. Yes. So somehow she talked to her and, and she kind of, broke down and she she faced that fear like in the moment right mm-hmm. and the baby boop, pop, right out. Yeah. you know and and I, you know for a while i even thought during my second pregnancy i was like maybe i should go down and live in this this commune where they live <laughs> and have this baby yeah <laughs> i think i think every mom who reads that book has that that thought i had that thought as well i mean if only it was so easy you but kind of did yeah. well you practically did that <laughs> I'll I'll tell that story another time, but yes, (laughs) I'll tell my story. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Serena. I I really, really appreciate it. I'm so blessed to know you and that you're doing this beautiful work that you're expanding knowledge and sharing it with other women who either may not know it and not have children or have had children and reframing what those stories are so that they can process the whatever stories they are. I know so many women who tell stories that are like just heinous and it's, it's good. It's so good to know someone who's helping heal that for people in a real way. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate having you. I can't wait till I can see you in real life and hug you again. I'm hugging you right now. (laughs) (laughs) And hug the kiddies for me. I can't wait to see them again. And tell Michael I said hi. And kisses to you, baby. I will, baby. Bebon. I know. Enormous. Enormous. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much. Mil besos. 
Chao. Bye bye. Gracias. Thanks for listening to the Clear Birth Podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find me on Instagram at the Clear Birth Podcast. If you want to send me an email, you can reach me at the Clear Birth Podcast at gmail.com. Adios. Hasta luego. Goodbye. Until next time.